Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The Burt Show. Her husband's ex wants to be in the delivery room when she, the current, gives birth. Okay, how is that even possible? <laughs> we'll get to that in one second. Abby, I want to throw a crazy dating term. Out at you. It's a new dating term. Oh, okay. commitment. Um, no, I mean that's sort of out of style, but people know that word. Okay, emotional intelligence. <laughs> Mo, this is for you too, as you are still technically single, but not are really you? dating. Is he? No, he's not. not. He, he called himself not. a boyfriend the other okay. day. Okay. All right, not for you then. Um, so Huffington Post just did a whole article on on what they're calling anti ghosting. Okay, mm-hmm. and what anti ghosting is is when you tell a person in a text or face-to-face you are just not into them and you do not ghost them, you verbalize that. So it's just having good communication skills? (laughs) The entire article is just about saying, hey, it's just not going to work out between the two of us. That's not anti-ghosting. That's common decency. That's what I mean. This doesn't seem like this needs to be a new term. It sounds like they're just trying to label something that doesn't need to be labeled. (laughs) So that means that ghosting is so popular now that they have to come up with a term for decency, which is (laughs) anti-ghosting. That's what we're living in now. I think the writers were just a little desperate for content that day. They're like, what if we take this very basic concept and make it into something bigger than it is? which is typical journalism. <laughs> well, going back to what it was before social media, you said that you've like deleted all your dating apps and you're actually meeting and talking to people in person. It's amazing. It's crazy. My mental health has never been better. <laughs> I have loved being off the dating apps, mainly because uh, it's taking A, less time, and B, I feel like I'm less hopeless about dating because I'm not being faced with just the, the pits of hell every single day. <laughs> crazy thoughts. Crazy. All right, so what could the details be here where the uh, husband's ex wants to be in her delivery room when she gives birth? Come on now. It's it's an interesting twist. Hey there, Bert Show. Just a seven-month pregnant lady over here in need of some advice, hoping you can reach out to your listeners to see if anybody has been in a similar predicament. Let me give you a hypothetical. You are expecting your first child with your husband. You also have a wonderful nine-year-old stepdaughter. You want her to be in the delivery room when her sister is born to be part of the miracle. Of course, precautions would be made as to not freak her out about the process. And if anything was to go awry, she would calmly be escorted to the waiting room with other family. But her mother, your husband's ex-wife, is adamant if her daughter is in the delivery room, she will be in there too. I'll give you a minute to let that image wash over you, your husband's ex-wife in the delivery room as you are giving birth. My husband and I have agreed we want his slash our daughter in the room when her sister is brought into the world. She is beyond excited to become a big sister. He and his ex co-parent really well. And she and I have always had a lovely relationship. However, she is insisting she also be in the delivery room. At first, I thought she was joking, but she expressed concerns about my stepdaughter getting overwhelmed during the birth process. I want my stepdaughter to be a part of her sibling's life from the very beginning. The birth plan is to have my husband, stepdaughter, and possibly my mother in the room. I really want to come up with a diplomatic solution. What should I do or rather what are the words I should use to keep the peace in the family and in the delivery room? Mm. (sighs) Man. Uh, as the person on the show that has been divorced and co-parents also, I'm trying to run through this filter here. Imagine Stacy wanting mm-hmm. to be in the delivery room while Tiffany's giving birth. 
It's bananas. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No, it's bananas. Um, but I would listen to Stacy's concerns for sure. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, I would have to because these are her kids also. But it's just like, you know what? The... But here, here's the thing about co-parenting is you got to leave, you, you got, you have to trust your co-parent. Yeah. You have to trust your co-parent and you cannot save your kid from every situation that is going to be uncomfortable. So maybe it is, maybe it won't be, but dad's going to be in the room. That's what dad's role is going to be. So I understand if mom has like really feels passionate about this, but co-parenting has given up some of that ego, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to give up control. So yeah, Stacy wouldn't be in there and we would have the child. Unpopular opinion. I don't think the nine-year-old should be in the delivery room. Mm. I, but, but that's not really like the question that we're going at. I here. know, but I'm saying there's the solution to your answer. I Like no it, no way on any level of hell is the ex-wife going to be in the delivery room. That is such a personal, exposed, vulnerable environment. It was my husband. I, I personally could not imagine anyone else, even any of my family, my sister, absolutely not. And that's okay. People feel differently. Some people have friends. I know you've been in the delivery room mm-hmm. with a friend before, Kristen. People have different levels of comfort. But when push comes to shove, LOL, because it's labor, you want your husband focused or your partner focused on you and your baby. And that's not to discredit or dismiss his uh, daughter and your stepdaughter because she is an integral part of the family and a core part of the family. But for that moment, if she does freak out, your husband understandably would step away to comfort his daughter. And that is understandable. Leaving you literally with just the nurses and the doctor. I I think you're unfairly putting your opinion and values on this family. If they're comfortable with it, then they should be able to do that. I think it's, I think it's like to, I think what you're saying is you got to be aware as long as she is prepared to lose her husband's, um, to lose her husband's focus if something, if the daughter, stepdaughter does freak out or whatever and he can comfort her. As long as she's prepared for that, then mm-hmm. yeah, then, then they're good. This but, would not work for me either, by the way. There's no way my nine-year-old would be in the delivery room. Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't think for me, it's not trying to push my values on someone. It's, it's her first child. And I think when you haven't been through it before, you don't really understand the full throes of what it's like in labor. And I think at the outset, I would have felt the same way. Like, yes, have the stepdaughter in there. Now that I've been through labor twice, one C-section and one um, vaginal delivery, uh, no way. Like, it, it's too chaotic. It And people give birth differently. I want to address that. Like, I know that. But they're shouting, they're screaming. Sometimes they're swearing. If something goes wrong with the delivery, I was bleeding out. My baby wasn't breathing. She got stuck. Everyone had to jump into action. And I know you could easily move Mm -hmm. a nine-year-old out of the way. There are just lots of variables. And it's very unique. It could be just fine. But I think when you're in the moment, you're doubled over in pain. Even if you're getting an epidural right beforehand, you're clutching hand. I just think that your attention being divided with your stepdaughter, who you clearly care about, and your husband's attention being divided with his daughter, I just think in the moment you're going to be like, oh, man, I probably wish I had made a different decision. Yeah, I don't disagree with you in that. Stacy, my uh, ex-wife, almost died on on the table uh, with Hollis. Yeah. Um, And saying I had a complete opposite um, moment because when my best friend gave birth to her first child, it was beautiful. It was serene. It was magical. Um, it was quiet. I mean, the way she was pushing and her determination and then the cry of the, like it was it was emotional and it was beautiful. And I think to have a sibling a part of that, it, 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 it would have been awesome. To a nine year old, this will be so terrifying mm-hmm. that as a sidebar, um, this is the greatest birth control ever. <laughs> <laughs> to see mom in that kind of pain and to see the blood and how traumatic it is. Oh, yeah. This this will work for you in the long run. Al Shea, good morning. You are part of the Burt Show. Hi. Good morning, Burt Show family. Yeah, I was saying if she don't want to make the decision, she could just tell the nurse to cap it at three. Then she could tell the ex-wife or whoever she is, yes, she can be there. But when she gets to the hospital, they'll let her know that she can only have three people in there. And she's going to obviously choose her mom. So then she has her husband, her stepchild, and her mom. Oh, you good, my dude. Yeah, I feel like the one perk of of being pregnant during the pandemic and having a baby during a pandemic, nobody was loved. (laughs) this, This issue did not exist. All right, just one more here. Good morning, Sam. You're part of the Burt Show. Hi. 
Hey, good morning, guys. Um, I have to kind of agree with Cass and Bert that um, having her in the room is not necessarily a great idea just because there's unforeseen things. Mm -hmm. Like child one, I had my mother-in-law, my mom, my sister, each of them doing their own part for kid number one, and it was a learning school. So at some point, it was more the merrier. I was young, knew no better. I had 20 people in the room, doctors, nurses, everything for kid one. My husband was blindsided by the afterbirth part. So let's Mm -hmm. fast forward. That kid born... She's now seven when I gave birth to my second kid. She stayed in the room until 10 minutes before I gave birth. And I had natural birth with both my kids. So I've got Mm -hmm. 10 units going all up my back trying to curb the pain so she did not see that. While my husband is holding one hand and I'm trying to hustle through that pain, talking to her, that's a lot of stress on not only you as a mom so your child sees that you're bringing a gift into the world, but you're trying to be that strong mom that Mm -hmm. she has been battled so much while your husband is there worrying is she seeing something she shouldn't see even though you're not in birth yet but mom trying to you know hustle through the pain of getting ready to have childbirth now fast forward we have the baby she steps out the room you know like i said 10 minutes before i had my second kid she immediately came in afterwards and she didn't miss a thing because they Mm -hmm. were still weighing him and doing the test and she was still a part of that but aside from that, I had somebody I absolutely at the time could not stand. My sister-in-law for second birth held my foot, which was the silver lining, held my foot while I was giving birth to my second child. My sister on one foot, my sister-in-law on the other foot. How she ended up staying in the room, I have no idea to this day, but she did. And that's a big reality check to kind of have all those things going on. Both moms, my husband sister, sister-in-law, and my daughter stepped out with family so I could give birth so my husband could focus on me. That's a great call. Um, Thank you, Sam. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, one of these days, I, I thought I had told you this story about Stacy almost dying on the mm-hmm. on the delivery God. room table. You may have. Okay. You, you may have. I just... The, the birth was so traumatic for me. I yeah, yeah, yeah. blocked a lot of stuff out. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, it was so scary for me at the time. I couldn't even imagine Hayden being in, in the room at the same time and watching all that go down with his mom. Because didn't mm. you say like one of your, your mentor prank called you afterwards? Yeah. And they obviously it was just mistimed his place because they had no idea what was going on. Yeah, he was doing a prank on the air where it wasn't really his voice. It was like a computerized voice that they were just hitting like his voice. So it was like, hey. A soundboard. Yeah, it was a soundboard. Hey, how you doing? And I'm literally sequestered in a room by myself as I'm not really sure what the outcome is going to be with Stacy. I'm really think I'm planning my, my future uh, in my head without Stacy because I thought she was going to die. And they're playing this radio prank on me. Wow. That's they, awful. They had no idea at they the time no it was clear. going idea. Right. But, you know. The Burt Show. I, Abby here thinks her family might be being stalked. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So I need y'all to help me decide who's the bigger creep, me or this girl I used to be really close friends with in college. You. <laughs> Probably me. <laughs> Although I feel feel like by the end of the story, you might change your mind. Okay. So back it's in gonna co- take a while. <laughs> so back in college, I used to be friends of proximity with this girl named Lauren. We had a bunch of classes together, and I mean, we hung out after class. We would go to bars together, and we were you know pretty close for the most part. But I mean, you know how you have those friends that you're hanging out for the time being, but they're not really long-term friends. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the box that I would put Lauren in. And so a couple years ago, my cousin, Allie, who's going to be in my wedding, or not my wedding, wedding. I want to be in her wedding. (laughs) Dang it. You know what? Girl, put it in the universe. Put it. I know what you're doing. Just manifest it. Just keep saying that kind of stuff. Put it in the universe. Someone's getting married. At this rate with friends, Allie's the only person who will be at my wedding. But (laughs) I'm in Allie's wedding and um, me and her grew up together. We're super close. And um, one uh, weekend she came down to Florida to go to a game. I took her out to some tailgates and I, she actually ended up meeting Lauren. And we we hung out for that whole night. You know, we all crashed at my apartment. And it was great. But that was like the extent of how Allie and Lauren know each other. So fast forward, obviously I'm out of college now and me and Lauren probably haven't talked in maybe two or three years. We're still social media friends, but I like say happy birthday and Merry Christmas to her once a year. And that's kind of the extent of how we keep in touch. So on the bachelorette trip with my cousin, she brought something up to me. She goes, Abby, do you know who this girl named Lauren is? I see that you guys both follow each other on Instagram. And I was like, yeah, like you, you met her once. You don't remember? She goes, yeah, it was like forever ago. And I found it very weird that for the last three or four months, every single Instagram story that I've ever posted, Lauren has taken a look at. 
And I said, what do you mean? She goes, you know how you can scroll up and, and see everyone who's looked at your Instagram stories. She goes, full disclosure, I like to see everybody who's looked at my stories. Hmm. She's super really? into social media. She loves seeing who's keeping up with her stuff. And she said- Do you guys you- do that? I'm just curious. Am I the odd one here? No. I, I, well, I mean, because of what we do, hmm? we have a pretty extensive- we have quite a few followers, mm-hmm. yeah, and that would be pointless for us. I've stopped doing it since joining the show because it's pointless now. <laughs> I look. You do look. Not every single time, but just enough, especially on the more personal posts. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm more curious about who hearted it because you can send reactions and heart stuff. Yeah. And to me, that showcases like, it. it's not a full-blown indicator, but I'm like, oh, I feel like I have supportive friends when I see that they hearted it. That gotcha. makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Gotcha. Yeah, I do the same okay. thing. I see who hearts it, but that's really it. Like, but, I, I, yeah. To be clear, I don't judge people who don't heart it. I judge <laughs> the ones who do heart it. I'm like, oh, fuzzies. Oh, I'm judging you. If you don't like my post, then <laughs> I, I have a list. I'm checking it twice and I'm coming for you. Or if there was like a guy that I was interested in, I want to see if mm. he's looking at it. But again, that's the extent. But if you are not in the public eye and you only have maybe three or 400 people looking at your post, sometimes you like to see who's keeping up with you. And that's what my cousin and told me. She said, you know, full disclosure, I totally check who looks at my posts. And if you go to the very, very bottom, you can see who's looking at your posts, but who doesn't follow you. And she said, the only person that doesn't follow me on that list is that girl, <gasps> Lauren. And at probably since the beginning of summer, Ali said that she's been looking at her posts and what she's been doing. So she has, you have to seek that. That's one thing. It's like people pop up in your feet, like, you yeah. know, in the, in the top and you just like, you're going through and you're watching all that stuff if you follow them. But the fact she doesn't follow her mm-hmm. and she is actively seeking out her profile and then looking at her stories, that is odd. She's going out of her way to do it. And not only is she doing it with um, her personal account, she's also doing it with her Finsta. So it's two different accounts down there. She's like, these are the only two accounts that don't follow me. And she's actively seeking out my stuff to see what I'm up to. And if my cousin was the kind of person to post on her story, you know, fashion things, and maybe she feels weird about following her, she only met her once. That would be one thing. But straight up, love her to death. But her Instagram stories are so boring. <laughs> it's, it's literally just her at a football game or uh, the song that she's listening to or the, the her dog. And as her family, I'm invested because I'm invested in my cousin. But if I'm just some random girl that I met out at a Gator game mm-hmm. once, I would have no reason to seek out her content. So I'm just... Very confused. Should like, do I say something to Lauren? Does it make me look like a creep that my cousin was seeking out who was in her Instagram story feed? I mean, I know technically she's it's your friend, mm-hmm. but it's it's your cousin's Instagram. Like, ultimately, if anybody's going to say something, it has to be your cousin. But it's also harmless, right? She's just looking at some stuff. It's harmless, but it's also bizarre. I mm. like, it feels like very very low grade. I, not stalking, but. It's why, why There's an agenda. We want to know the motive. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's That's the motive? Why. why are you looking at her stuff? You don't, you're not friends with this girl. If you don't follow them, but you're viewing the stories, there's something there. There's some, you don't want to be caught or something. Otherwise you would just follow them because people follow other people on Insta all the time that they don't know well, even if it's not a celeb. So what, so, could, so what could be the reason? I know, but if you have nothing mm-hmm. to hide, you're not going to lurk like that. You're just going to straight up follow and be like, I'm here. And she's not mm-hmm. being like, I'm here. She is sketchily watching from afar. Well, can she, can um, your cousin kind of throw a warning shot and follow her and see what, how she responds? Ooh. That's devious. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll tell her and um, we'll see how she responds. It's Bert Show. The Bert Show. Good news and bad news when it comes to dating apps. At least one in five new marriages can now be traced back to a dating app. Are you telling me I have to download them again? Um, No. Um, because this next statistic is very important. Um, a new study also shows that online daters are less happy in their marriages. Oh, perfect. Okay. Keeping them off my phone. <laughs> <laughs> there's good news and there's bad news. All right, let's get Melissa on. This one's a little complicated. She matched with her ex-boyfriend's ex-girlfriend on Hinge. Explain, Melissa. Hi, how are you guys doing? Good. Thank you for calling. All right, this one sounds juicy. What you, what you got? Yeah. Um, so I am like a late, late twenties, um, bisexual woman. Um, and, uh, I was with my ex, Matt for, um, for like four years and we broke up, we stayed friends. Um, but I've been on dating apps and, um, he was in a relationship right after our relationship and he, uh, I've like, I've been seeing his ex-girlfriend and I'm just trying, I'm like, I don't want, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm not interested in any way. So 
I've just been swiping, swiping left, not matching. And I opened my app the other day and I see uh, her. <laughs> and she liked my profile on Hinge. Um, and I didn't know what to do with that. Um, so I'm wondering if she knows who I am and she's wanting to talk. I don't know. Um, or if she just matches me and doesn't know who I am. Um, so I'm in a little bit of a dilemma here. So this was the woman he dated right after the two of you broke up. Yes. I would be hard pressed. I would be hard pressed to believe she doesn't know who you are. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking. And I'm like, I don't know how you wouldn't know who I am, but then I'm like, so then if you do know who I am, why are you matching with me? Mm. I am absolutely impressed with your discipline because (laughs) I would have absolutely reached back out to find out what her motivation was right off the bat because my knee-jerk reaction is that I don't have a knee-jerk reaction. I was going to th- I was going to say that I, I I don't yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know except maybe she wanted some info on him, but there are other ways to stalk you. Yeah, see, that's what I'm I mean, I keep I keep my socials like pretty private, so I'm like I don't know. But then I don't know. I feel like she didn't, I don't, I don't know. It just seems weird to me. So then I'm like, okay. So originally, originally I didn't, when I reached out to you guys, I didn't have an update, but, uh, she ended up messaging me. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, yeah. So she kind of played it off. Like she didn't know. Mm. And you, because you and him have remained friends, when she liked your profile on Hinge, have you said anything to him at all? Oh, yeah. I texted him right away. Oh, you did? <laughs> and what did he say? Before I, even, before I even responded, I was just like, guess who matched with me or who liked me? And he was just like, no way. Like, that didn't happen. And so I, like, screenshotted it. I sent it to him. And he's just like, I said the same thing. I'm like, do you think she knows? And he's like, he has to. She has to. Yeah. So but- did did he know before this, that she's bi also? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He knew, he knew when they were Sorry. together. He's got a type. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is funny because it's like even looking at her profile, I think that her and I would be friends. Hmm. But after everything that, because I tried, you guys read my email. Yes. Mm. No. Yeah, I did. What do we need to know for the guys on the show that didn't read the email? It, it, no, I mean, she's, uh, co- she's covered it most of it. But go ahead, Melissa, if there's anything else you want to add from the email. Yeah, um, I just, I tried, I tried to stay friends with him when they were together. And she, she wanted nothing to do with, like, she wouldn't even meet me. She wouldn't form her own opinion. She didn't want anything to do with me mm. when they were together. And she was like, we're like, you're. Basically, she was the reason him and I couldn't stay friends when they were together. Got it. Did the, it's, just, it's funny now that she wants to meet me now. Mm. Did Don't the, do it. Did the two of them break up badly? Um, she broke up with him over text. Oh, so, yes, I would okay. say yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so After being together for a year and a half. So. so are you attracted to her? To her, no. Yeah. Oh, then yeah. Just, then yeah. There's yeah. no point. There's yeah. no reason. Yeah, yeah. But, oh, no. I don't want to meet up with her. <laughs> Not now. Okay. So there's, uh, yeah, there's no combo then. So you, you're just curious about her motives? Yeah. I just, I just wanted to know what, like, if she knew who I was. And then, like, if she didn't, I'm like, girl, like, move along. Like, mm-hmm. and you did include so. in your email that your ex is curious what she's up to and why she's doing this. I would be too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he wanted to know because he's like, she has to know what you look like. And I'm like, I don't know. I changed my hair. Like, I didn't. I never met her. So unless she stalked me like I stalked her. Hey, do you have some free time? Yeah. Do it. Do what? Meet up with her. Know. Figure out what, what her deal is. Meet up. Why can't we just, why can't, I'm, that's an investment of time. Why can't you just, so did, go ahead, Mom. I did tell her. I told her who I was. Yeah. Oh, you, okay. So she messaged oh. you. You told her who you were. And then wh- yeah. where is it at now? So I'm too nice. I was just like, hey, I'm assuming that you don't know that I'm Matt's ex. And then she was like, oh, I didn't. I'm so sorry. Right. Uh-huh. I just, said, I just wanted you to know. And then she never messaged back, which is honestly fine with me. Yeah. Okay. okay. E- either that or hit her up and put some honesty and just go, okay, really, what is this all about? And see if she responds to that. Yeah, you think I should? I, at this point, I would just write the whole thing off, Melissa. Yeah. The fact that she didn't okay. respond to you after you told her 
you know, y'all established who you are, I think tells you all you need to know. Mm -hmm. Would I love it for radio for you to reach back to her and then hit us back and just see what she says? Yes. (laughs) But for your own mental health and drama, I'd say stay away from it also. Okay. I appreciate the help. All right. Well, if you decide to do the unhealthy thing, hit us back. Okay. <laughs> Thank you right. so much. You guys have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. The Burt Show. All right, Mo. So tell us about this woman that jumped into your friend's car. How scary is this? Oh, my God. So I have a friend who genuinely always finds himself in the most bizarre situations, and I don't know why. I think it's his personality. I just think he's a magnet for it. And it happened again last week. And so Katie, him, and myself all went out for a BET event in which, Bert, you weren't here earlier this week when I talked about it. But uh, we ended up getting kicked out of the theater at this event that we were invited to. And it was basically because uh, when we walked into the theater, we walked in late and all of the seats were filled. And the first two rows were reserved, but the third wasn't. Okay. So we thought we could sit here and there was no problem, but they ran out of space for the talent. Okay, here's why I know this is surprising, because I've been to a couple of the BET Awards also, right? And everything runs late from the start anyway. Like, if they say they're going to start at 7, it starts at 8.30 or 9 o'clock. So you being late for late... Is shocking to me. No, well, it, so it wasn't the awards. It was just an event. But we, we weren't late. We were at the event because it was like at the bar. It was in a movie theater, but it was at a bar in the movie theater. Okay. And then they were having a screening in one of the theaters. Got it. So okay. we just didn't rush to the theater because we didn't really care where we yeah. sat. Right? right. But when we got there, those were the two seats that were available. And then I guess they realized they ran out of talent. And for whatever reason, we were the first two people that they asked to get up. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there was nowhere else to sit. Okay. Now, they did email me and apologize. So shout out to BET. I appreciate it. But I was like, well, I'm not going to stand up on on stairs Mm -hmm. and watch this. So we all just went back to the bar. And, well, there was nothing else to do at that point but drink. So towards the end of the night, the three of us were pretty nice. And uh, we left early. Katie and I left early. We obviously got to get up in the morning. But my dude stuck around. And it was just one of those events where everybody was uh, feeling really good. Sure. And so he tells me that he goes to leave his car or leave leave the place and walk to his car. And that he runs into two women who are actually, like, arguing pretty much on his car. Mm. And so he didn't know what to do because he didn't want to, like, interrupt them, but he wanted to go home. What does arguing on your car mean? Like, one of them was, like, pretty much leaning on the hood Mm. of his car, but they're in, like, a really intense argument to the point where he was, like, trying. He didn't want to, I guess, get in the middle of it. So he kind of just got in his car and hoped that they would realize, like, oh, we're we're leaning on this fella's car. Mm. Maybe we should get off. Okay. But they finished their argument. And he let them. So he just sat in the car and let them finish the argument. I mean, like, if it's a good one, all right, yeah, I'll sit there and I'll listen. But if it's something that's, like, corny and petty and it's just going around and around and around, I'm going, toot, toot. Like, get out of my way so I can get out of here. That's what I would have done. You probably got 30 seconds to get to the real fight. And if not, then I'm bored. And then you got to get off my hood. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So he waits it out. And finally, I think they realize, he turns on the car. And they finally realize, like, okay, this guy has to go. So one of them leaves, walks away. She walks away really quickly. And the other one turns around and is just kind of staring at him. So he's like, okay, what does this mean? Now, maybe it's my mind. But my mind told me you should have got out of there because I would have thought, like, this might be some kind of setup. Mm. I'm gone. Well, he doesn't react that way. He unlocks his door because she's, like, knocking on the window what? to get into the car. What? So he unlocks his door because in his mind he's thinking maybe she needs some kind of help. They just got into an argument. Maybe she needs a ride, which doesn't shock me. This is his personality. He would do this. And so she gets in the car, and he says that he just says to her, hello, how are you? And she goes, hello. And then they exchange names. But she's not really engaging. She's kind of just sitting there as if she's having like an epiphany of some sort. And she's in the passenger seat? She's in the passenger seat at this point. <laughs> so he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> this stranger is sitting in his passenger seat. And she's and very comfortable. Speaking. Like just not even speaking. She's just sitting there. <laughs> oh, so he's like, I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, well, what happened? So he said I gave her like 30 seconds to figure out whatever she was trying to collect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he said to her, well... What happens next? It's <laughs> a, a really solid question. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking it. Right? It's yeah. a fair question. So then she, she looks at him, like, almost in a, in a daze type of way, and then she says, I'm so sorry, but I have to do this. Oh, God. <gasps> oh, God. These ne- this next two seconds are going right? to be intense one way or the other. So then he goes, okay. And so she leans over, and she just hugs him, and she kisses him on the neck. Like nonstop. But that's all she did. And then she stopped. 
And then she said, I'm sorry, but I had to do that. And she gets out the car. Oh, now, now it's kind of sexy. And she leaves. No, it's still creepy, I no, guess. Man, that, now it's kind of sexy. It's giving I, I, vampire. I, I was leaning towards creepy myself. <laughs> That's a very fine <laughs> line, I guess. In my heart, it's a very fine line. So I'm like, you didn't get like a, a name, a nothing, a, a number? He was like, no, I don't think I'll ever see her again. <laughs> that was, that That's was, for the best. I think yeah, so. Honestly, yes. I can't explain it. This this was the way his night ended, and yeah. he just went home. I think that's sexy as hell. <laughs> you can have that. That's all you guys. I, I don't want think no parts of that. Nobody else in this room wants that, so you can have Not it. Not even a little bit. The Burt Show. What do you need most right here, right now, in the current moment? All right, think about it for just one second, because three or four things are going to come to mind. All right, first, you're going to go, you know what? Money. I just need money right here, right now. Some of you are going to go, I need time. I just need time. You could probably line up 10 things in your head that you really need right now. But there is going to be one that will stand out more than the others. And you don't even know what it is, but your body's about to tell you. There's a really cool, simple test you can do, not while you're driving. So listen to this later on on the podcast. Um, so Keep what, your hands on the wheel. Yes. When I explain how you do it, you'll, you'll get it. So if you're not driving, close your eyes. And hold your hand out at arm's length, palm up. I wonder if our answers are going to be the same today as they were like a week ago when you did this to us in that Dallas bar. <laughs> While we were <laughs> because all drinking we might be, tacos. We might need something completely different this week than we did last week. It's very true. And so you're going to hold your arm out stretched in front of you, palm up like you're about to receive something. Curl your fingers slightly, just slightly. And then with your eyes closed, just imagine an object being pa- placed into your palm. Uh, really feel the weight of it. Like, really feel like you're holding it. The weight. What does it feel like? Is it smooth? Is it bumpy? Is it squishy? Is it hard? What is that object? <laughs> and when you've got the object and you've seen what it looks like and what the shape is, the size of it is, and you really feel it, that is the one thing you need. Now, some of it might be weird. Like, for me, it's an apple. Like, I see a... It was today as well? Yeah, a shiny red apple being put into my hand. And that's because, for me, the interpretation is I'm focusing on my health, and I also just ate a bunch of potatoes, so my body is screaming for fruit. (laughs) It's like, please feed me something healthy. But really, I've been focusing on my health a lot lately, and that is a big concern of mine, and that's what Hmm. I've been narrowing in on. So for me, like having an apple or something healthy placed in my hand is a manifestation of that's the route, and that's what I need right now is to focus on my health. So what was yours last week, Kristen, and what was it this morning when you did it? Okay, and I I, I figured because we already knew this, it wouldn't work this morning, but I did get a different object so this morning, I. surprisingly. Yep. So when we were at the bar in Dallas for our radio conference, I had a uh, gardenia flower in my hand, and everybody thought that was very odd, and I could <laughs> actually, like, smell it, too. So we have two huge gardenia bushes right outside our front door, and so you can smell them as you go into the house, and it felt like I just needed home. I needed to be home and with my family, and that's what I needed in that moment. Now, this morning, <laughs> what landed in my hand was one of those um, pink erasers, you know, like those old school, like, yeah. rectangular erasers? Yeah. That's what was in my hand. And I sat there and I was like, like, I could feel it, whatever. And You're like trying it, to erase your performance on the show today? <laughs> <laughs> trying to erase you from my life? <laughs> so when I got down to it, I, the, the context I used the eraser in was that um, I need to clear up my schedule and erase oh. some things from my schedule because I've been kind of overwhelmed and um, a little overbooked. Huh. Mm. Okay. So that's how I, I, that's how I took that item. Mo. So I I genuinely do not remember what was in my hand in Dallas. Do y'all remember what I said? Uh, what didn't you have meat? No, that no, was that was me. That was you. <laughs> I sand. Don't rem- you had sand. Was oh, it sand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was sand. Okay, yeah, that, that that feels right. Yeah. I also don't remember what that meant. You <laughs> what, sa- you, I don't know why I had sand in my hand. You wanted to go to the beach. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And then this time. I, I think because you had mentioned money, that money was already on my mind. So when, when you told me to just envision someone handing me something, it was cash. It was just cold, hard cash. So I think maybe I want money to go to the beach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put these two things Can together. definitely put the two together. Okay, Abby, <laughs> what was yours a week and a half ago and what was it today? Um, I don't know. I was a couple of margaritas deep when we were, we were having 
having this conversation, mm-hmm. but I was thinking a little on the nose because we were we were laughing, having a good time, and then Cassie was like, "Hold your hand out and then curl your fingers in." Yeah. And I was looking at, it, I was like, "What is? If I was going to make a dirty joke at this moment, <laughs> what would it be?" So you can connect the connect the dots as to what I said there. But for this time, she, she, and it she, means she wants a laid. man. Just <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> this time, because I've had so I have so much stuff coming up in terms of like trips with friends, and I'm planning the bachelorette. That I'm literally just thinking, wow, it would be lovely if I could just get a fat check handed to me to handle all this like stress of like buying the wedding gifts and then I'm going on a friend's birthday trip. So that for me is what I was um, thinking about, which is a lot cleaner. Okay. A week and a half ago when we did this, (laughs) I saw a round scoop of ground beef in my hands, like one that you would take from from an ice cream scoop. It was Uh perfectly round. And this morning it was a one-way airline ticket, which says a lot actually. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on in my life. You don't even care where you go? Uh, it was just a one-way ticket. <laughs> 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 it's going to the beach if you want to go with them. <laughs> Bring the ground beef. <laughs> the Bird Show. Alright, is it shady or not? Her brother is planning on proposing to his girlfriend with a fake diamond. Um, She says, so my brother's planning to propose to his girlfriend, which is awesome, but he's going to propose with a fake diamond. His logic behind it is that nobody will be able to tell the difference. So what's the harm? Can a woman immediately tell the difference? I don't know if immediately because you're so wrapped Mm -hmm. up in emotion of the proposal. But I think if you give her a couple of days, it might start to register that that puppy's not real. She'll figure it out. Yeah, I think so. I am curious if we were going to open up the Burt Show book of records here. Who had a ring the longest amount of time not knowing it wasn't a real diamond? Like you found out years later. one 855 if you remember forever ago, we brought a jeweler in and there was real jewelry and fake jewelry. Yeah. And you all tested me and I got every single one of them right. That's right. Mm-hmm. You sure did. Um, so continuing with the email. Um... His logic is nobody will be able to tell the difference, so what's the uh, harm? But he's not planning on telling her it's fake. Man, this is a tough way to start a marriage mm-hmm. here, man. But he's not going to say it's real either. He figures as long as it looks good and she likes it, the details shouldn't even matter. I had a chat with him playing the devil's advocate and asked if he's going to be honest about the ring's authenticity after the proposal. Nope. He's keeping it quiet. His argument is that if the ring is pretty and she's happy with it, why complicate things by revealing the truth? Oh, bro. Uh, I'm kind of torn about this. On one hand, I get the whole sentiment. Love is what matters, right? I know the value of the ring shouldn't dictate the value of the relationship. I'm sure his girlfriend feels the same way, but I also think it's shady not to be honest. She's obviously going to assume it's real. Am Mm -hmm. I wrong? That's the problem. The assumption is that it's real, and he's starting the engagement off on deception. Yeah. I agree. I wish I could see it differently, but I mean, I get that you you feel like it should be about the love, but at the same time, if it's about the love, then you shouldn't have to lie to her, and you're leading with deception. And down the line, you just don't know that she's going to come across finding out if it's real or not, mm-hmm. if she goes to get it cleaned or whatever the case, and then now you have to explain that. I just don't think it's worth it in the end. Oh, you when you get a ring, like if if, if you get an engagement ring... You go get it appraised, and you get insurance on it. See? Yeah, no, that ain't it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the insurance on that? going to be like $10 yeah. a year. <laughs> yeah, it's, to me, it's not about what he is or isn't proposing with. It's the fact that he's going into this immediately st- starting off with a lie. Like, you're going to assume that she isn't going to care enough about this ring, that she's just going to go along with it. I got to tell you, if you propose to her with, like, cubic zirconia or something, that stuff scratches. Like, there's a reason why people get gemstones. It's because they last a long time, and they hold up. Also... I want to do confessions of a jeweler because I wonder how many times a woman's been in a jewelry store getting her ring appraised and they have to tell her and break the news to her. It's not real. This was a whole TikTok series, too, if I remember correctly, where um, high schoolers were bringing in these jewelers and they were having their teachers take the jeweler, take a look at the teacher's rings. And half of them were finding out that they're not real in class. Wow. That's harsh. (laughs) Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Uh, I also think this is sort of um, if he's looking at this situation with this attitude, I think it's. It's sort of how he's going to look at other things in the relationship, too. It's just kind of dismissive. Not good. Yeah. Maddie, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. I feel like 
she definitely needs a real diamond because part of what makes it special is knowing that your man worked and saved that money mm. so that he could buy you that diamond. And also that goes for things in a, the rest of the marriage. Like if he just going to be like, well, let's just half ass everything. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Half everything because we can do it the easy way. We can do it the cheap way out or mm-hmm. that's definitely a major turn off. So you would rather him wait Work harder. You have more respect for him working to get something authentic rather than doing it quickly with something that's fake. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I want you to buy something that you can afford. And even if you were like adamant about proposing, propose mm-hmm. and be like, listen, this isn't the real ring, but I can't wait to be with you. But I promise to give you something worthy of our relationship. Good morning, Tiffany. You're part of the Bird Show. Hey, so... My sister actually has been married for seven, eight years, and she still doesn't know her ring is fake. Like, I was a jeweler. I was a jeweler, and I, like, looked at her ring one time, and I was like, you know your ring's fake. And she goes, no, it's not. <sighs> he told me it's real, and he's had papers and everything to prove it, but her ring is fake. How many years was that? Seven or eight years, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And you even, like, busted him, and she refuses to believe yeah. you, the sister, who's oh, yeah. a legitimate jeweler. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're going to believe what you want to believe. Yeah, Love yeah, you, yeah. The Bird Show. It's not a hypothetical situation, but I'm going to run it by Mo as though it happened to him. So there you are. You are on a first date, right? And the woman that you're dating, very successful. Mm-hmm. Right? She's got a lot of money in the bank, right? And while you're out with her, during the conversation, she asks you about your bank account info. She wants to see, she wants to see some paper. Uh, She wants to actually see how much you got in your bank account. Do you go for it? You immediately leave. Absolutely not. I'm not showing her my bank account information on a first date. I, I probably would leave. And to be honest, like, if you're leaving all your money in a checking or savings account, well, then you're being stupid with your money. <laughs> like, you needed in better, you needed in better accounts that are going to get you better interest. So, Sophia Franklin has a podcast called Sophia with an F. She used to be part of Call Her Daddy. And she was on TikTok last week, and she's saying she does this now. So, if she's out on a date with a guy, because she's very successful, Right. She'll ask the dude about his bank account and his bank account info. So here she is talking about it on the podcast. I'm not joking. I have asked the last three dudes I've dated for their bank account info on the first date. I don't judge people's actions. I look at the intention behind it. So like, why do you ask for that? Because I only want to date a wealthy guy that has money. Valid, so you're getting straight to the point. I think, you know, I have a job. I'm very successful. So I think I have everything right to be like, hi, are we on the same level or am I wasting my time? So the problem here is that the only value she's looking at is money. Yeah. Right? I mean, let's, she says let's level. call it what are it we- is. That's a shallow thing. I mean, it, 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 it's one thing to want somebody that is capable and can take care of themselves, et cetera. But you only want to date somebody who is wealthy. I feel like you're missing out on a lot of good guys. That's just my personal take because my husband wasn't wealthy. And um, he's, I think, far and above greater than any of the rich guys that I ever dated. I dated rich dudes who drove fancy cars. Invited you to New York and spit cheese on your feet. That was (laughs) something completely different. And that was the intern that had her feet spit with cheese on. Um, but, you know, if if that's what's going to make you happy, then so be it. But I don't think that's really what's going to make you happy. She's putting all the value on money, like you say, with Bart, right? Yeah. So there's got to be equity or there has to, it has to be equal in the relationship somehow, some way. So if somebody's bringing all that cash in, then somebody else in the relationship has to, like your relationship is a perfect example. But we're talking down, like we're talking like years down the road. If you are just starting to date somebody, like you're getting to know them and their bank account is going to determine whether or not you go on a second date with them, that's shallow. Mm -hmm. 
Well, then don't call it dating. Call it looking for a sugar daddy because that to me is what that communicated because if you care so much that you need physical proof of how much somebody makes, you're not looking for a partner. You're looking for a bank account, literally. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I don't believe in this at all, but she's not looking for a sugar daddy. She's got her own money and she's saying like, look, I'm making this money. I'm doing my podcast every day. I bust my ass. So I want somebody that's on equal footing for me. So she doesn't really need a sugar daddy. She's just looking for somebody financially equal, but she's eliminating everything else that somebody might bring to the relationship to make it equal. I, I get that she wants somebody to match her energy. If that's your preference, do you. But at the end of the day, it just seems like there's something to asking somebody, what do you do for a living? What are you doing with your life? How ambitious are you? Can you provide if I need you to? That's fine. But to ask for my actual number, mm-hmm. to compare it to your number on a first date and that's all you're going off, <laughs> yeah, you're you going to have a rough time out here. So she again, and here I am sticking up for her, right? Uh, she's saying she's only doing this for efficiency. She doesn't have a whole bunch of time to be dating dudes that are scrubs and stuff like that. So she's saying the same thing you're saying, Mo, except she's doing it in the first couple of minutes. So what happens when you meet a guy that does match that but has nothing else you're looking for? Because mm. I feel like you're going to run mm-hmm. into that quite often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it just seems like it should be more. And I get she wants to be protective of what she has built financially and doesn't want a guy coming in and skimming off of her hard work and taking her money, etc. But, yeah, I... I like, if roles were reversed, mm-hmm. I couldn't fathom going out with a guy and him being like, all right, I got to see your bank accounts to know that you're on equal footing and the same level as me. She just needs to do what I do and look up their address on Zillow, <laughs> see what they paid for their house. <laughs> it's a lot less creepy, and you get to see what the inside of their condo looks do like. Do you really do that? Yes, I told you guys this. She didn't tell us that. That was all, one of the reasons I stay with a guy who's like, he owns a condo in a part of town that I really like. <laughs> I kid you not, it was a really nice condo. Anyway. Have you ever started to date a guy and then looked up where he lives on Zillow and the house is just trash and you're like, I'm not going out with this guy again? No, because I wouldn't date a guy who would buy a trash house. <laughs> the Bird Show. All right, so she's really digging this dude that she is dating. The finances, though. The finances, though, are really getting under her skin as she looks at a future together with this guy. So if you got something going on in your life, hit us up at thebirdshow.com via email. Abby's got the email. I have been engaging in a friends with benefits relationship for about six months with a guy who is quite nice and quite good at what he does. So good. And I call him Jon Snow. Um, why does she call him Jon Snow? I don't know. Jon Snow knows nothing. Oh. <laughs> 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 I don't know. With a guy Sean? who's quite nice. Wait, when you guys get the joke, let oh, me know. Oh, something. I remember. I remember from Game of Thrones because when he was with, what was her name? Egret. Yeah. Um. He did. He, he was. He was a first timer, but he was really good at what he did, as far as pleasing her. Gotcha. Mm, okay. That felt well, like I, a reach. Yeah. Okay, love that for you. Winter is coming. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Okay, I made it clear that this situation worked for where I am in my life, and he was okay with it, but stated he would like a relationship, which I was open to. He put a timeline on it, and we are getting close. I entered into this knowing or assuming we weren't equally yoked in finances or responsibilities, which was fine for what I wanted. The guy is actually really kind and considerate, which I love. But we realized we are each other's usual types, which makes me nervous because that hasn't worked for either of us in the past. In my past, I've always been put in the mothering role for all my relationships. That's got to be exhausting. Mm -hmm. Friendships, family members, and my ex. They all joke around and call me mom, and that's not what I want to (laughs) be, especially not to a romantic partner. Sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to take on the responsibility of taking care of another adult. He had a job and could take care of himself. He lives like a college student. He lost that job about a month ago and has been looking. But part of the reason I don't want to commit right away is because I was trying to break away from a codependent relationship with my parent in which I was playing a parent where I felt used and abused. After being in a long-term relationship with a partner who didn't work and I mothered all throughout college, I explained all of this to him and he even got to witness some of it. How do I break it to him that he needs to have a constant job before I commit without hurting his feelings? Also, he has been pursuing a business of his own for four years and been unsuccessful. He wants me to be a part of it. And I flat out said not until he can prove that he can be successful by himself and I would need to see his finances to prove it. I ain't mad at it. 
I have, however, been supportive when I can. I have a successful business and I have a lot of control over my time where it seems like he over invests in both time and money and doesn't have a lot of time for me or the time I would require for a relationship. Even though he has been giving what time he can now, it seems to stretch him thin. And I honestly don't think he is in the position to be in a relationship right now. That being said, I know everything doesn't have to be perfect for a relationship to work, but I don't like to fail and breaking up after entering a relationship is a last resort option. (laughs) I'm questioning whether I should tell him my birthday is coming up in less than a week. He hasn't mentioned it, and I think it might be because he doesn't have the money to celebrate with me. What's you all's advice? Thank you. Um, So what exactly is the question? Should I break it off with this guy or is that it? Like, because clearly like. She doesn't know she wants to become official with him. Here's the thing. How many times do you ignore your gut feeling and your gut always ends up right? (laughs) Everything that you've said in here, your gut is telling you exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. And this one line that I highlighted, how do I break it to him that he needs to have a constant job before I commit without hurting his feelings? Man, I'll tell you what, that I am really in touch with now and I am working. I have gone into so many relationships, business and personal, dancing around the truth not to hurt somebody's feelings in the short term, which just ends up hurting them in the long term when you get to the authentic thing anyway. It's always there and you're going to always default back to who you really are. So trying to not hurt somebody's feelings and dancing around the truth is not going to work. So look, your gut is telling you what you need to do here. Yeah, I was actually in a very, very, very similar situationship right after I graduated from college. It was this guy who was like on his sixth year of, of university and he didn't really know what he wanted to do with his life, but we got along so well that I just liked hanging out with him. And the problem was, is that my gut feeling was like, you know, you want to be in a serious relationship with a guy who can hold his own and this guy can't. And I would jokingly look at him, look at him and be like, you know, we would just be perfect for each other in five years and five years. Well, guess what? It's five years. And even though we obviously are not together anymore, he is still in the exact same position that I left him in when um, our situationship ended. So I I think if the longer you drag this out, the more painful it's going to be because that's what I did is I just kept pushing it off. And then I actually kind of hurt like a real breakup when it ended. And she's not saying he has to have some like big money making, high powering job. He just needs to have a consistent job. You're looking for an adult. You're dating a child. Let's be honest. I agree. Uh, I feel like if at this point in a relationship, if she were in a position where she should continue with him, she would be excited about it. I don't think you should almost be talking yourself into a relationship. Mm -hmm. You should be, it should be something you're looking forward to, especially Mm -hmm. since they've already come this far. So if you're already at this point with him and you are still questioning everything, then I think you have all your answers right there. Relationships are work, but they shouldn't be a job. This one sounds mm. like a job. He doesn't have a job. That's it's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> the Burt Show. All right. I believe I might have psychic abilities. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Jackson, Jackson Kim, our new phone screener, will you please find one Burt Show listener to get a psychic reading from me? Right now, one eight five five Burt Did you mean to say psychic or did you mean psycho? Uh-huh. Uh, Burt. <laughs> so, uh, a couple of days ago for my fiance's birthday, I hired a whole bunch of professionals to come in. She had some friends come over. I got a manis and petties and uh, she, Tiffany and a bunch of her friends are really into this whole psychic astrology reading stuff. So I hired a psychic as well. Turns out. out I hired way too many people and I wasted a lot of money. Anyway, so because all the girls were getting their um, manis and petties and facials and everything done, the psychic comes into the house and she's got nothing to do. All the girls are getting massages and they're getting all their services and stuff. So I'm like, all right, I'll buy into this. So I'm like, okay, I don't, I'm paying for it. Yeah. Why well, you got some downtime? Got some downtime. Use it. Hit me, girl. Yep. So, and I am open to this kind of stuff. I do believe that there are some people that have gifts. They are few and far between, Mm -hmm. but I do believe that there are some people that have gifts. Anyway, I sat down with her. I don't even know who the hell she was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she, I I mean, and I want to do the exact same thing to a listener here that she did to me because she closed her eyes and the first things that came out of her mouth were the visions that she was having from either the other side or those that were advising her on my life. But 
I'd say if she said 20 things, two of them might have been right. Ooh, that's not, those aren't, those aren't good batting averages. Okay. That ain't Hall of Fame even in no, baseball. No, you're getting called down to the minors. Yeah, you're yes. going from the pros down to single A. <laughs> so I would like to see if I can hit just a little bit better than the professional that I paid for over the weekend. Okay. All right. I'm just going to randomly. Hold on. The spirits are telling me. Oh, yeah. It's not random. <laughs> to take caller four. What's her name? Oh. <laughs> spirits are telling me Hannah? That's, Something with an H? Oh, my gosh. Yes, that's it. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. What's your name? Hannah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out that my spirit is named Jackson Kim, and he's on the phone. <laughs> All right, Hannah, I don't want to know anything about you whatsoever. This is exactly what the psychic did to me as well. Give me just a couple of seconds here. I will close my eyes. I will start to write some things down, and then I will run them by you, and you tell me if they make any sense whatsoever, okay? Okay. Okay. His eyes are closed. Mm-hmm. He didn't like that picture. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, we're on to the next page. Ooh, he's scribbling. I'll be shocked if he can read his handwriting with his eyes closed because I can't read it when his eyes are open. That in itself is a gift. (laughs) (laughs) I love this man, but he has the worst handwriting. It's deciphering ancient runes. You guys are... Oh, sorry. 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 If this is off, it's all because of you guys now. 100. It's our fault, not yours. Just try to not let let there be dead air while you talk to dead people. All right, Hannah. um, He's a psychic, not a medium. Well, he's the one communing with spirits. You tell him that. (laughs) Call me whatever you want. Idiot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hannah, um, I'm seeing the color red. Red is a very prominent color somehow, some way in your life. Is that, does that resonate with you at all? No. Perfect. (laughs) Oh, for one. That's what he was going for. Can I? Can I, yeah, can, sure, you can help. Is it um? Is it a light red, like maybe a like a pink? Um, I mean that would uh, make more sense. So maybe you got the gift. <laughs> <laughs> Why you still shine like that? All right, me um, and my sparkler is gonna hang out over here. <laughs> um, I I see. I feel like there is a lot of tension with a woman close to you. Does that resonate? Always. Always. <laughs> Look at that. Ooh, wow. Mm-hmm. Impressive. Um, have you recently been to the ocean or are you planning a trip to the ocean? No. A lake? <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you, of, do you have a glass of water this <laughs> yeah. morning? Wash your hands in the sink. <laughs> did, you take a shower, did you take a shower this morning? Yes. There it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, why... Why is a Smurf coming to mind? <laughs> Did you used to watch the Smurfs what? when you were a kid? Is there? Yeah, I grew up watching Smurfs. Wow. Wow. Uh-huh. Did your psychic ask you that? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is what my my spirits were telling me, though. Oh, okay. And it, it could it be possible, Bert, that you saw ocean and water, not because she's going there, but maybe because she might have a fear of it? <gasps> You have fear Ooh. of water? Drowning? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, the spirits the, are spiriting. Are the team? Hold on one second. All right, Kristen, <laughs> take 30 seconds. Write down. <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> I, think, I, I think you're the one. I have to work off your incompetency. <laughs> That's what I Maybe she needs, like, some Smurf floaties. <laughs> I am also feeling like you don't feel like you're in the right place right now. There's something in your life that is drawing you somewhere else, but you're too afraid to make that leap. She's wondering why she called for this big <laughs> ass. <laughs> is that resonating with you at all? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Of course, wow. of course it is. Yeah. <sighs> you're thinking about a hair color change. Yeah. Man's heating up. And finally, the car that you are driving, does it have an accelerator and brakes? (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Wow. Wow. There it is. Amazing.
<laughs> Actually, the, a couple of those were pretty. <laughs> yeah, the hair color thing kind of freaked me. <laughs> <laughs> so I you actually you did a much better job than the psychic. Not even close. <laughs> not even close. It's the bird show. The bird show. So real talk. When you guys go to get a physical. Do you guys make sure everything is nice and cleaned up down there? Well, a physical or like a gynecological exam? Either. If, yeah. it, if a doctor is going to look at any one of your parts, yes. are you cleaning up for them? I'm shaving. I'm cleaning. I'm putting on moisturizer. I'm doing the whole shebang. All the things you normally don't do, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped caring. <laughs> Once I had kids, <laughs> things became hard to reach. I'm like, nah, you get what you get. I know I'm not the worst you've seen, yeah. so <laughs> move along. I won't get a wax. I, I, I won't go that far. If it, if it happens to coincide, then great. But if not, I won't schedule a wax just for my gyno visit. Okay, but you're going to be cleaned up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I no mean, way. Gonna- I'm, I'm paying. You're going to be bushwhacking, okay? <laughs> I want my money's worth. <laughs> Kristen likes that clean landing strip for her doctors. <laughs> oh, no. We're hardwood floors, baby. <laughs> God bless you. Uh, Mo. I do all the things. All the things. Yes, sir. Extra cleaning. You manscape? I do. Oh. Yeah, I just got a physical over the break. And admittedly, I was like, I want to smell good because I know they're going to be up in my business. <laughs> Especially when they, they take the stethoscope and they put it under your shirt. I can't be smelling ranky dang down yeah. there. Oh, so, so you're really going head to toe on that yeah, whole thing. I had some special, I brought out the special perfume. Ooh. Shout out to you, Dr. Lisa. <laughs> uh, um, I can't, I still can't do that because, uh, you know, I can't smell perfume. But because um, they'll, they'll do a self like breast examination or whatever. Uh-huh. So you want to make sure, yeah, you got yeah, your deodorant okay. going on. Yeah, and, same, I'll clean up down there. Yeah. Uh, there's one doctor uh, saying that, look, no no need for all, all this. First of all, all decisions are shared. We literally learned what's called shared decision making in medical school. If you don't want to do something that we recommend, that's absolutely fine. But just know we'll probably ask why just to make sure that you have a good understanding of what's going on. And so we can better understand you and your goals and preferences. Number two, you do not need to do any special grooming to come to the doctor. No shaving, no waxing, special cleansing, none of that. We've literally seen it all. This is our job, what we do for a living. You're good as you are. Side note, if you need a pelvic exam and you're on your period, that's okay. Turns out we do not faint at the sight of blood. <laughs> but I still think it's cordial and yeah. polite. I think it's polite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at least shower. Like, I definitely, definitely will shower before any kind of physical exam. Like, even if you don't do anything at all, and sh- like she's saying, like, hey, we don't really care. If it's not nice down there, don't you think they look at the schedule and they're like, oh, dang it. Here comes Cass. <laughs> One, it's a privilege to be my doctor, okay? Not many people get to go to that area Does of the it world. sound like it right now? It is. <laughs> it sounds it's like a, a lot of work. It's an adventure, okay? <laughs> it's, uh, what do they do in out, the Australian Outback? <laughs> when they go, like, bushwhacking or whatever, like, it's a special Outback adventure, whatever. This is actually a perfect name for it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, did she say they don't care, or did she just say they've seen it all before? Because to me, those are two different things. I think she said both. Yeah. But okay. I do think it's the just polite thing to do. Agreed. Yeah. This feels right. Yes. I'm too vain. Right. I, I want them to walk away with a positive yeah. experience. I, <laughs> I feel like you should go to Bed Bath & Beyond if they still existed and buy a washcloth and use it. Yeah. Now, I'm with you. I know they said they've seen it all, but I don't want to be the all. Yeah, right? There it is. There it is. <laughs> That's a really, really good point. All right, Cassie, why do you want to let people know that you're not a wedding photographer? So I have a sweet friend who is getting married and she is um, getting married with a low budget, which is totally cool. And she has asked me to take photographs of her wedding. And the thing is... you're a low budget photographer, apparently. (laughs) Oh, that doesn't bother me at all. Like, I'm happy to help friends out. But here's the thing. Um, So I do photography freelance and I haven't done shoots in a long time, though. It's really more for my own enjoyment and for um, our nonprofit, Bird's Big Adventure. Uh, So it's not like I'm taking gigs and going out with family photo shoots. And I've done one wedding before. And the amount of pressure when it comes to being a wedding photographer is phenomenal because this is a day people spend a good chunk of what they can afford on, right? Like whether it's tens of thousands or just in the thousands, it's a lot of money and these pictures last a lifetime. I do not want that responsibility. I did not sign up for it. No, thank you. So, and it's also a ton of other things. There's, um, 
you've got to time out different shots and different groups together. It's just different lights, whether it's portraits outside or the party inside. It's a lot going on. And it's a very complicated job to be a wedding photographer specifically. And it's not just showing up and taking pictures. There's a lot of planning. There's a lot of woman hours that would go into preparing for a wedding photo shoot. Yeah, a lot of technical skill, a lot of editing, which is fine. So I told her politely, I was like, hey, I don't really think I'm going to give you the best photographs of your day. And she's like, I love your photos, you know, how they look. I'm like, well, those are very like in one environment photos and you are only seeing the select best images and there aren't that many, you know. Um, so I'm trying to dissuade her over and over again, be like, I'm not a wedding photographer. I will do your wedding a disservice. I, I can take photographs, but this is not what you need. When somebody tells you that, believe them. Yes. Because right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't want to hire somebody that's, that's saying that these are not going to probably be great pictures on the biggest day of your life. Like yeah. if the brakes went out in my car and I came to you and I'm asking you to fix it, you telling me, no, I'm probably not the best person to save your life and I keep pushing you to do it, there's a problem there. You know Thank I you. Mean? <laughs> I mean, you'll get some great, I'll give you some great shots, but it's not what you would expect from a wedding photographer. And so I'm trying to explain this and she's like, we're low budget, it's fine. And I don't know how to tell her, like I've said, I don't really feel comfortable doing it. I don't know how to flat out be like, I'm not doing your wedding without offending my friend because mm -hmm. I want to help. And I told her, hey, I'll help find you some photographers. Well, I'll research ones that are lower budget and I'll make sure their photos look good. So I will I'll help you find someone. But I'm not it. This is not my forte. This is not my strength. And she is not taking no for an answer. So let me ask you this. Um, are you saying no? What's the percentage of you saying no just because you don't have the time for the prep and the actual wedding? I mean, you got your hands full, right? And what's the percentage of you just going like, I may mess up these pictures. I don't want to do it because I don't want to mess these pictures up. I think it's 80% I may mess up the pictures. It's a very big... I don't know. The stakes just feel so high because the event isn't repeatable. You know what I mean? And I know I could get some good photos, but I don't want to be at the end of it giving her an album of photos and that doesn't have like the ones that crush it, that everybody has their favorites and they're not in there. I want her to have the best within her budget. And I'm not that. I feel like you're looking at it wrong. If it really is that you don't want to do it because you don't want to mess up the pictures. Because if I were you, I would feel such a sense of relief and that I told you I'm not that good at this 40 times. And are you giving me the low budget? You can't mess that up at mm -hmm. that point because if you do, I told you this, I would feel no pressure. I'm with Mo. I would, really? I would take it if I were you. Yep. I mean, she's a grown-ass woman. You've warned her time and time again that this is not what you think that you're great at, but she trusts you. Maybe she's seen pictures that you've done before. You've told her that. I'd go for it if I were you. I think you should too. Really? I, I honestly do. I think, you're being a, I think you're being a little hard on yourself. I appreciate you wanting to like make sure she has the best experience and the best photos possible. Um, but if it isn't really like a time thing or like you just don't want to do it, because we've always said if it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. But if that's the only reason and she's still put like, all right, girlfriend, I'll give you what I got. Yeah, it's like that old Pinterest quote. Life exists outside your comfort zone. So stretch yourself a little bit. All right. I no. <laughs> can't wait for the follow-up story. My friend's no longer talking to me. <laughs> not, your, not your fault. Won't be your fault. The Bird Show.